Hi everyone, welcome to Childcare Inspirations, inspiring early childhood educators and providers through laughter, learning, and connection. Hi, everyone. I'm Tina Gears, owner of Inspired Minds, ECC, and welcome to today's Childcare Inspirations podcast, all about responsive environments. And I thought we'd chat about this for a little bit because I'm noticing, especially during the pandemic, we are kind of rearranging our rooms and figuring out what can we put in there? What do we need to exclude? Is it sanitizable? So I thought this would be a great time to discuss and get some ideas about how to create these really nice, cozy, comfortable, responsive environments while still ensuring the health and safety and following AHS regulations. So first thing I'm going to share a little story about is I remember going into a childcare program and as soon as I walked in the door, I was literally walking into paper hanging from every surface in the hallway. We're talking ceilings. I had like a mobile hanging down, knocking me in the forehead, getting caught in my hair. The walls had a whole bunch of artwork from the children and notices for the families. The floor was super colorful. And I remember thinking, I can't wait to get out of here. And I was like, wow, is this where we're going in childcare? As we're trying to include so much that we overstimulate our senses. And then I thought about, well, what about the kiddos? You know, what does this look like to them? Is it as overstimulating to them as it is for an adult? Or do they like this? Are they like, yeah, this is my jam. Look at all the stuff happening. And when I went into the classrooms, I started noticing that, yeah, you know what? It was a little overstimulating for those kiddos as well. There's just too much going on and we could see those behaviors happening. So made me really think, and this was a while ago, this is like, oh, what, 10 some years ago that I did that. But I've noticed that there's a changing trend in how we set up our space for the little ones. And I love the trend that we're on, I have to say, because It's more going back to that homey, comforting, cozy kind of atmosphere that we all kind of need. It's not just what children need, that we all really need. So what am I thinking of? What am I going to share with you today? Is walk into your classroom and walk into your day home space that you have allocated for the kiddos and think, do I like it here? Is this somewhere where I want to be? Do I feel relaxed? Do I feel like it's a home away for a home? Or is this really like an institutional, I was almost going to say correctional location? Is it really kind of sterile environment? And I think even during this pandemic, when we do have to minimize the, you know, the materials that we have, and maybe we don't have as many throw rugs as we usually do, or soft ends like cushions and blankets, we can still create that sense of coziness and the Danish word, the Huga, of our environment because of the mental impact and emotional impact it has on children's development and their learning and 
how they feel that is it a safe space to explore. And if it's really sterile and all plastic or all one texture, it doesn't really create that atmosphere of exploration and discovery and curiosity. So what can we do about this? How can we create this responsive environment and cozy environment while still making sure it's all cleanable? The first thing I wanna point out that I really like, this is my experience and my perception is looking at your lighting because lighting can have a huge impact on your spaces. If you only are using the fluorescent lights, which causes a really harsh light on us without a diffuser or any other other types of natural lighting, then maybe we wanna look and say, okay, we can sanitize lamps and lights and no LED candles. We can do that. So think about how you can bring in glow how you can soften your environment simply by lighting. My personal preference on this is with warm white lights. But again, for some of you, you're like, oh, warm white lights, you can't see a lot. Whereas you like, oh, I, I prefer the, you know, the cool or the daylight lights that are a little bit more vibrant. That's going to be up to you. And that's something that you might want to play with in your environment and see what it which kind of method works better for the children? Which one are they more responsive to? How do they behave with the different types of lighting? But really let's look at like floor lamps, let's look at table lamps, even um, LED projectors, cause they can create, you know, you can get those on Amazon and they can create those really cool kind of effects on the ceiling and on the walls. I mean, I wouldn't re recommend like disco strobe lights, <laughs> But having a nice soft light projection would really create a nice glow to the environment. And hey, it's easily cleanable, right? So that would be my first thing I would think I would do with my environment is to create some softness is really look at the lighting, even having some fairy lights hanging up and not only out of the reach of children. Also use those fairy lights and LED lights or Christmas lights in context of the children's play. So maybe you put some LED tubes into a basket in your block area so children can use that. Maybe you're gonna use a sensory light table and use that glow to really focus on an area in your classroom and create really cool lights and shadows on, you know, on the walls and on the ceilings and in your space. So look at light and see what can we do in that regard. Some flashlights are really, really cool and a variety of flashlights, not just like the little ones, but have like really super strong ones, have ones that have the crank, the emergency lamps. Those would be cool too. I just thought of that, that the emergency cranks because children could have a lot of fun here in the week. That's what mine sounds like anyways, that's my camping. And even some like headlamps. If you guys have ever gone camping or know people have camping, or hiking headlamps are a big thing I know I use them when I go camping so when I'm walking around at night from the trailer to the bathrooms you know I'm not stumbling over stuff so headlamps that would be really cool as well um, and you can like direct the light so it doesn't shine all the time and directly into children's eyes but that would be a great way to start off with softening your environment is looking at light we're thinking about the other thing that you can do to really soften and create that coziness is by bringing in texture. Now, often we think of textures as pillows and blankets and soft items and rugs, 
but we can bring in texture in other ways as well. So you can bring in textures through plants. You know, or we can have some living items and plants. We can have it with canopies and we can hang something up. I mean, my favorite go-to is curtains and um, loops, right? Make some a little cozy nook in a space. Or even bring in, I know it's coming out right now. It is coming up on spring patio furniture. You can spray that stuff. You can sanitize that stuff way easier than we can, you know, some other things. Um, such as softer pillows, indoor pillows and blankets. But even I'm thinking with indoor pillows and blankets, when we're looking at texture, it might mean on top of everything else we have to do uh, <laughs> is that we are going to have to do a little bit more laundry and we're taking laundry home with us every day or you have a rotation. So every 72 hours you rotate it out. So find a way to overcome an obstacle in terms of texture to make sure you're still adhering to AHS regulations and health and safety regs, but still create a nice cozy spot. You can also bring in some wooden objects, some loose parts and have like metal and rubber. Uh, in addition to, you know, the plastic that we do traditionally are using a lot more of probably than we want to right now. But look at that kind of texture. You can even bring in texture by the artwork that children are creating. Maybe you're going to have a weaving board with some ribbons and yarns. I think that would be really cool. And some feathers. Oh, yeah, some feathers would look great in that. So add to your creative area some weaving walls or weaving boards, and that could easily add some texture. You're also looking at displays can add texture to your space. And we don't want to have a lot of displays so it fills up every single space on our wall. Just like when you go to a museum, it is intentionally laid out, like there's spotlights on certain ones, uh, artwork, some artworks are on a pedestal. So when we're looking at displays, that's a great way to think of texture in all dimensions, not just on the floor, something you can touch, but vertically, horizontally, every surface, looking at texture for that. So when you're looking also with displays, Again, just remember to have some displays at the parent levels and have some displays down for the children to reflect upon. But don't forget about those 3D projects that children work so hard on and then they usually have to put it away at cleanup time. How can we save those structures and how can we display them to show respect for the children's um, exploration and their investigation? and what they created in the magical world of clay or Play-Doh or 3D sculptures or even in the block center, because that can add a lot of texture to our space. So we wanna think a little bit about that as well. I think the biggest thing that we can do right now for the kiddos in terms of being responsive to their needs and including that in the environment is really talk with the families. So when you walk into your home, what's the first thing you see? Now, do you have a clothes rack or do you have a closet? What smells kind of attract you and go, oh, yeah, I know I'm home right now because I smell cinnamon. Or yeah, this smells like home because I smell that popcorn. One of my favorite smells is the popcorn smell. What do you see? What colors do you see? And ask the families. What makes their home cozy and what do their kiddos like about their homes? What's the favorite thing 
about their home that their child loves. I mean, some children love the guitar that's hanging out in the living room because they always get to play it with big brother or sister or a grandparent, or maybe they like their bedroom because they have a secret hiding cave in their bedroom. So talk with the families to see what is it about their home environment that their kiddos love, and then figure out a way to bring in that one element into the classroom. So when we're creating a responsive environment and we're looking at, okay, who are the kiddos in my care? What do they like? It's bringing in small little elements. It's not about changing the entire place to suit one child's needs. It's about adding those personal little touches. So maybe it might mean, you know what? We have a bamboo plant right in the entrance and there's a little trickling waterfall as soon as you come in. And it's really nice coming home to the sound of trickling water and see life right away when you walk in. Well, that's something we can do in our classrooms and our day home environments is have that little touch of personal, personal responsiveness, right? Personal home touch to our environments. What are some other things that I was thinking of is everyone's opinion and perspective of cozy will be different as well. So keep that in mind. For instance, I'll use myself, my home, uh, we are more minimalistic, but we still like, I still have some throw pillows and I like little dashes of color everywhere, but usually we have a very mute um, template in colors. So grays and blues are my go-tos. And we don't have a lot of things out. I might have a centerpiece on my dining room table, which is right when you walk in. But honestly, we, we try and keep it to more of a minimal, minimalistic approach visually. And then my sister's place, they have a different sense of cozy. Like they keep all their um, trinkets and everything that they, their artwork is very rich, vibrant colors, you know, very golds and warm reds and browns, whereas my version of comfort is different. But it's not like I don't feel comfortable and cozy at my sister's place. I do. It's just a matter of difference. So think about that when you come into your classroom, is what are the little personal touches? Because something that you find is super cozy, something that might be completely different for someone else. So we will want to watch for that. And we want to especially watch sometimes that might be a trigger for some children, a smell or seeing something might be like, Oh, ugh, what is that? Right. And it just kind of gets their defenses or their hackles up. So we want to watch that. And that's why we want to keep observing the children's and how they're responding to the environment we create. Maybe it's something of a smell right? Smell of cookies or dinner. I don't know. It's maybe garlic for me, garlic. I mean, being a Ukrainian growing up with garlic smell, that was just normal. But so maybe we'll have the smell of garlic, not all the time, <laughs> not all the time and not overpowering that your eyes are watering, but just to see if, you know, a family member says, you know what, they love their garlic ranch dressing not just regular ranch, but garlic ranch. So maybe it's that garlic and see what it does. I mean, garlic's a pretty potent smell, but you get my message here. You get the drift is just trying to include that. I think a really popular scent would be lavender um, or cookies. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going back cookies and popcorn. I must be hungry or something, but again, it will stimulate that sense of coziness for some children. 
and look at coming in is there maybe pictures of families and are they just tacked to the wall or are they respectfully uh, framed and hung in a manner like you would at home i mean some of us have the collage of pictures on our fridge so that's something we could have and some of us have a bunch of family photos on our hallway or the stairwell that are all nice and framed and everyone has a spot because it all looks like it's nicely set they're all two inches apart or whatever it is for uh that environment so how are we showing respect to the children's family cultures and their personal interests and we want to look at this at one step at a time it doesn't have to be everything at once it's just, okay we're gonna add this this week and when you're adding something in response to a child's interest or family culture, showcase it, let them know. Go up to the child and say, hey, and I was talking with your mom and she says, you love your blanket, your Batman blanket at home. And it just so happens that I found one. So I added that for you because I thought that would be really cool. I just letting those small little touches, I think, will make a big difference and really show the children that this is your space. It's not supposed to be the teacher space or the adult space. This is a space where children play. It should be their version of what that space looks like. So even Ask the children, ask those kiddos, especially if you have older toddlers and preschoolers, ask them, what would you like to add to our play space? And it might not make any sense whatsoever to us. We might be like, really, really kiddo? That's, you really want to add that right there? And they think it's an amazing idea. So we are responsive and we try it out and the children love it. They thought it was the best idea in the whole wide world. And it works, it just seems to work. And why does it work? Because we are being responsive to the children's needs. We're letting them know that this space is for you. We all wanna feel comfortable here. We wanna all feel a, a space that's inviting and promotes a sense of belonging. That's really what we want. We don't wanna go into an environment that's cold, and you know highly sanitized to the point where you can't touch any surfaces do you guys remember that i remember going to a grandparents and you can't touch the furniture the furniture in one little room there's always a room like the tea room and the furniture is covered in plastic and you weren't allowed to touch things and you had to wear certain shoes and it was it didn't invite play at all it invited okay don't go over there because there's way too many rules so think of our classroom as that little tea room that has, you know, the couches covered in plastic and you're not allowed to touch anything. And yet you see something really shiny and you want to go play with it, but you're not allowed to. So <laughs> we want to look at our classroom. Is it that kind of environment or is it an environment that the children walk in and immediately go, oh, I like it here. I like it here. And then they go play. It doesn't even take any direction. They just know this is my space, y'all. I'm going for it. I know I'm safe here and I know I can explore here and I know that I can make mistakes and it's okay. So we wanna inspire that sense of belonging, inspire that sense of warmth. 
because we have to be in this space for eight, 10, 12 hours a day. Some of us three hours, depending on your work schedule. We want it to be cozy and comfortable. And so do the children. So they might be there longer than we are. So let's try and create an environment that is responsive by including the children and their family culture, their personal interests, their ideas. Let's look at that lighting. Let's maximize that use of the windows. Even if you're in a basement unit, you can still maximize that window light coming in and filtering through and casting shadows and using those table lamps and those lights to create that sense of warmth and glow. And using texture, not only as in softness, as fabrics, but how else are we creating texture in our environment that adds dimension to the space? Look at even the materials that you use in your environment. I know lately we've had to really minimize the amount that we put out for the kiddos and we have to make sure we rotate them even more frequently than we usually do and sanitize, sanitize, sanitize. And we can do this while also making sure that the items we put out are truly in response to the children's interests, not because it's just what we have available, but putting out loose parts. And a lot of times people think loose parts, nat nature and natural items, but loose parts, remember, are can be items that you can clean easily, like cans, soup cans, uh, coffee cans and tins. You can get real spatulas and real houseware and kitchen items that you can easily clean. You can bring in um, those coffee racks, coffee mug racks and jewelry racks, those are easily cleaned and then bring in a bunch of bangles and bracelets and cylindrical objects made out of ceramic, made out of glass, made out of plastic, made out of wood that you can sanitize. <laughs> There's so many items that we can put in terms of loose parts into our environment. We just maybe have to, for right now, not bring in as many natural items as we would, but we can always keep that on, you know, the storage shelves that we can reintroduce when we're allowed. So this is a big kind of takeaway from this is walk into your environment again and say, look around and say, do I feel comfortable here? Do I belong here? What's my glow? Where invites me? to sit down with a good book and cuddle in a corner and read away and get lost in the world of a story? Or where can I go express myself and draw or paint or dance like the crazy woman? Where are those spaces? Where's the space that I can bring out my inner engineer and build really complex structures and then knock it all down? and feel safe to do so. This is our responsibility as early childhood educators is to create a responsive environment where the children feel that sense of belonging. And it's up to us to do that. So I hope that you can go back into your programs and really take a different perspective of your room. If you're struggling, I recommend get down on the floor, sit down on the floor and say, huh, if I was a three-year-old, I'd be about this high. What do I see when I sit down on the floor? What's accessible to me? 
what invites me in and really change your perspective by getting down on the floor. I mean, if you're in an at school care program, you might have to go on a stool because I know some kiddos, most kiddos are way taller than I am. So <laughs> you might have to change your first per perspective that way. And last but not least, don't forget to include those families. Ask the families, ask your coworkers, does my space here feel cozy and friendly to you? Or what do I need to add to help you feel that sense of belonging? we're in those environments all the time, you guys. Let's let's make sure that we're comfortable that, there, that it's a place that we want to be. Because we chose this profession to inspire. So let's make sure our environment inspires as well. So I hope you got some ideas here. It's a short one today for our monthly podcast. I hope you enjoy. Join me again next month for our next podcast. We are, ooh, we are actually doing Voices from the Field in Alberta ELCC Act. So we're going to be talking about that new licensing act and the program plan that's coming out. And we're going to get you, the listeners, other early childhood educators and program providers to come join us for that. So that's it for today, everyone. Thanks for joining me. I'd love to hear back from you and hear about how you provide a cozy and responsive environment for the children in your care. So please join me on my Facebook page, Inspired Minds, ECC, and share your thoughts and activities, ideas, and see what else I have for you on my Facebook page. Thanks, everyone. Remember to find joy in the smallest things every day. Have a sunshine day, everyone. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.